0: Episode 79, Chris Byers. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. All right, today I've got Chris Byers, CEO of Formstack, sharing his conviction of strategically aligning HR into the executive team and why. Plus, he will be sharing his success using the OKR process and why and how this is such a successful operating system for business. I've personally used it. No one on the show has spoken into this yet, and I'm so excited to share the OKR process. I think many of you will look into like how can I adopt this to be more effective in business and especially with leading more and more remote today. And most of all, Chris speaks into leading through COVID-19, being a remote company for many years, and just how they are shifting and evolving. This episode is packed. So Chris, talk about that adventure, if you will, to getting to a place that you really embrace maximizing the HR uh, function as part of the executive team
1: yeah I think that's a, a great place to start I, I'd say one of the things that we recognized uh, so back in 2012 as a an organization we began to embrace remote work and at the time we were uh, you know 20 people in Indianapolis office and relatively you know young organization and yet as we started to go remote we started to see how important uh, really HR and HR functions needed to be in the organization. Uh, You know, normally when you've got 20 people in an office, it's really not that difficult to grab people, everybody jump in a conference room, talk through things very rapidly, and, you know, then go about your business. As you start to convert to remote, things look uh, a little bit different. And so I'm not exactly sure how we recognized it in the beginning, but we've kind of always since then, I'd say... Over invested in HR, and and what I don't mean is we have a team that's ten times the size of most teams. It's just we've probably added that extra role uh, beyond the the typical role, and we've definitely always thought about it as more than just benefits and payroll. It's a it's a strategic function that really needs to help us be effective in our work. And I'd say the first thing we really did was uh, thought about onboarding people as we were hiring. You know, I think we've all experienced personally or we've created the experience where someone starts their first day and we kind of say yep here's where you're gonna sit here's your computer see you later and we don't really give them a lot of uh, clear direction on you know what they should be doing how they should be doing their work uh, getting them engaged in the culture it's like yeah here's a few people go meet them uh, hope all goes well in a remote world that experience is extreme because you're like oh I don't even know where to start. I don't see people around me that I can go talk to. And so for us, creating an onboarding experience was that first investment in bigger investment in HR to help new team members especially feel really comfortable getting into the organization, how it works, how culture works, and uh, kind of was a first good step for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Actually, before we uh, dive into this path of remote workforce and you've been doing this for a long time and much of the world right now as we're in crisis mode is all shifting to this and kind of in panic around how do I manage it? Any um, key takeaways in innovating that that came from that um, as far as now, what are you doing now that you've really sat back, taken a look at onboarding and tried to make it as strategic as possible? What does it look like now? What are some of the things you're doing?
1: So when a new team member starts for us, we have a pretty long list of things we want them to do. And it's anything from fill out your benefits paperwork all the way to um, let's get you in on a few of our inside jokes. So we'll say, hey, go talk to this person in the organization and ask them a question about, uh, you know, who is Walter? And Walter is this donkey we adopted in in a UK uh, kind of donkey sanctuary. And it just kind of creates a a reason to get engaged in the culture and understand a little bit more some of the the artifacts that they're going to see along the way. It gets them into culture. It uh, allows them to understand how to use software that we use a lot of. And so what many team members do is go nearly two weeks. Now they'll engage in some other activities, but it's nearly two weeks of onboarding. And I think it's really important for people to get that type of foundation to get into an organization because where you don't fill in the gaps for people, they fill them in themselves and you just don't know how they're going to fill those gaps in. They might say, they might they might adopt the culture as it's supposed to be, or they might make some assumptions about why something exists and uh, you know take their own path and so that that foundation uh, you know in education we think about foundation in in relationships we think about foundation and it takes time to to build those relationships. I think setting that foundation and over investing in it is really important
0: mm. so you said when we had prepped for this episode, you said engagement breeds performance and allows you to invest more in HR. What do you mean by that?
1: So right now is a great example. We're in the middle of a crisis where everyone is now working from home if they're in a job where that's possible. And yet it's not just that. It's work from home and now your is around you. You've often got kids around you you're trying to deal with. Well, uh, now we're dealing with frankly, with two things. One is the crisis, and there's a lot of response to that that's really important. But uh, there's also the one of the things I've talked to our team about is if this is a war of sorts that we're in, this crisis, we need to think first about uh, our team's health. And of course, there's physical health, especially in this particular crisis. But uh, to me, the, the mental health of our team is really important to pay attention to. And so for us we're trying to make sure we keep extremely flexible so we're talking to each team member and saying how can we uh, how has your life changed if you're single and you're in your home yep it's annoying but it sounds like your work life will be about the same if you now have kids at home and maybe you're bouncing them back and forth between a spouse uh, maybe that means you need to work half days for a while back and forth or something like that but flexibility right now can be just huge freedom that you can help give to your team members if you're asking them to keep working the same eight hours or whatever you may be creating a really bad long-term situation and so uh, but think about it in this environment people are naturally going to be less productive in, especially in these first few weeks of, of learning how to work more remotely. And so we need to help them stay engaged and overcome the obstacles of not paying attention to headlines, not paying attention to everything else. And so as we do that though, we're gonna get the productivity, the response, the potential to still grow the organization or the potential just to keep it more stable. And that means we can keep investing in people as that starts to break down we just have less dollars frankly to go toward helping people um, you know be effective what i'd say is i think as productivity increases that just means you can keep increasing your investment in hr and people and those people are what's going to drive your long term success. Mm,
0: Thanks for that. You're passionate about the OKR process. I've lived that. I've used that in my own business and I I love it. And I can't wait to dive in because we've never talked about it on this show. So let's just level set. What is an OKR?
1: And OKR is uh, it's an acronym for objectives and key results. So we've all set goals in our lives, whether it's just a simple write down your goal and it's for the month, for the day, for the week, for the quarter, whatever. Uh, OKRs is a much deeper system that allows you to uh, kind of set objectives and, and key goals for the organization and allow that to flow all the way down to the individual contributor that might be furthest away from that decision making. And what that allows you to do is really set uh, an organization moving in the same direction. I think historically, if I tell you, hey, why don't you go spend a couple hours and think on what are the goals you have for this quarter? You're naturally going to go to yourself and say, what do I need to get done? What do I think I need to get done? And it might be very effective work, but without the context of, oh, yeah, but this is what the organization is trying to accomplish. How does my team support the organization? And then how do I support my team? That really helps drive home uh, staying focused on the right things for the organization. And we all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and, and be a part of a group that is moving forward in the same direction. And so my ability to tie my kind of daily goals toward success of the organization is is really just motivating and encouraging.
0: Answer the question, how do OKRs directly impact remote work success?
1: In, In a remote world, one of the things that's really important is more written communication. So when I can say, as an organization, this quarter, we want to get better at Uh, teaching the world about being productive. As an organization at Formstack, we love being more productive ourselves. We love teaching and using our product to help people become more productive. And so I can set that objective at the highest level in the organization. And I say something like, uh, this quarter, let's grow our ability to uh, teach people how to become more productive. And then the marketing team might come in and look at that and say, oh, you know what? I want to build some content around that same topic. So I'm going to go research productivity. I'm going to find experts in the field. I'm going to write content. And then I'm going to now have my goal of produce 10 pieces of content around that productivity. And then the individual contributor might say, oh, great, I see. I want to contribute to three of those articles. And so I'm going to write them, do some research. And all of a sudden, you've got this kind of nice flow of everybody sees how they contribute to the whole. And in a remote team, that just simply means I know I'm connected to the organization. Because as a remote team member, uh, the biggest struggle you're going to have on any given day is feeling connected to the organization and feeling connected to the people around you. You don't have that quite as natural, oh, I can, you know bump arms now, but, uh, you know, shake hands, uh, high five, whatever the person near me or go to lunch with them. And so what are the ways we can keep that connection really tight and know that I'm contributing to the success of the whole?
0: Chris, can you give an example of how an OKR has supported you and Formstack in being strategic in your HR function?
1: Yeah. So almost every quarter, our HR team will set an objective at the organization level. And so Right now, uh, that objective is around creating systems that drive health in the organization. And so the HR team is saying, right now in this crisis, we want to prioritize uh, the health of our team members. And so everybody knows that, we'll communicate that to the entire organization, and then that will trickle down into, of course, the HR team will have particular topics there. Like uh, we've just invested in a new product called Bravely, which helps people kind of connect on, on a mental health basis uh, with some professionals if they are in a crisis. And, uh, but that may also result in saying, every team, we want you to implement systems about the mental health of your uh, team right now. So uh, managers, maybe you don't do normal uh, daily check-ins or something like that, but put systems in place just so you can ke- catch uh understand how people are reacting today, because in this particular crisis, we kind of need to know much more about what people are experiencing every moment or a lot more often than, say, a weekly one-on-one, because the ups and downs during the week are much more pronounced and so important for us to pay attention to. And so as we are implementing that, everybody in the organization knows we care about their mental health, but then teams will develop systems to, uh, you know, to to grow that skill set and, and grow programs that really help their team members. But that also means the team member as them as an individual can say, oh, I think I see an opportunity to help my team. And so I can bring my own ideas to the table and impact the organization.
0: And how long has the OKR process been running in Formstack?
1: So if, if you're listening here and thinking about OKRs, we have been at this for a long time. <laughs> uh, we probably first read about OKRs in maybe 2015. So we might be five years into this. And I would say it's it's not easy. It's not easy to just snap your fingers and implement. You need to do it on a kind of progressive basis. And it may be as simple as just start setting organization kind of objectives and key results. And so those objectives are... Uh, big aspirational ideas that you want to accomplish and the key results are the steps that you might require to get there. And so maybe your big aspirational goal is something like uh, we want to build a $100 million business or something like that. And then your key results are uh, you're not just going to grow, say, one product line to $100 million. You might need five products. And so uh, we need a system to implement five products and get them off the ground and get them growing. And so as you start to do that at an organizational level, even just that communication, if nobody else adopts it in the organization, that's okay. Uh, people starting to see, okay, I can kind of see how the company is thinking, how this probably should operate. And so for us, uh, we're currently currently using a product called Ally, but we have, we've built our own software at one point in time. We've used Excel spreadsheets, Google Sheets to get the job done. But it's definitely a long process. Um, getting started is the key, and it will—you'll be able to build and iterate on that over time.
0: Mm-hmm. If you look at before the OKR process, as the CEO particularly, and then now after you've got the rhythm going, what is it that you know really stands out as far as like how you feel about the business or the results that you get because of it? What are those key differences?
1: To me, there's always a trust exercise that's working through. A company and and through individuals and as a CEO I'm I'm often most concerned that the message that I deliver about where we're going what we're trying to accomplish gets translated about 73 different ways across the company because you'll have a meeting with someone you will uh, you know have a all company meeting talking about vision and the various ways that people interpret how we're going to you know what the vision is, or how we're going to get there, is seems to be all over the place, and so OKRs gives you this chance to share the vision through a goal setting system, and then walk all the way down to that individual contributor to see how are they supporting it. And when you can look, uh, and, and we try to keep it very open, so no goals are hidden anywhere. I set goals, people see those, uh, and everybody can see across the organization. But that allows you to then go all the way down to those teams and see, are they digesting this vision correctly? And are they thinking about it right? And then you can give them feedback if they're not, because they might be off on a topic that just doesn't quite make sense. That Again, it's just their interpretation. We all all see and hear things differently. And so uh, recently we went through the quarterly goal setting process and I literally went and printed out in the tiniest print that I could actually read on a, on a piece of paper, every goal that got set. And so, went through about 800 objectives in the organization, and this was me just scanning it. But it was just a quick check to see individuals, teams, how are they responding to uh, this bigger vision? And I was just so excited about seeing people really capturing it, and their goals uh, were things I would choose, and I didn't choose them, and I didn't um, didn't build them. They they heard the vision, and then they executed on it, but. Uh, it's just really encouraging to feel like, yep, we're all headed in the right direction because I think as a business, it's very easy to think we all are in agreement and we're not, Uh, you know, we've all been in meetings where we agreed on something and, and, Uh, then we all kind of take a slightly different tact in how we're going to tackle the problem. Getting that alignment really means, okay, we're we're in this together, we're headed forward, we understand each other, and we're going to find success together.
0: Mm -hmm. Chris, you did a great job of setting the tone that it's not a cakewalk to implement OKRs org-wide. What comes to mind when I say, why wouldn't OKRs work?
1: I think if you're not committed to making them work, they will not work. It it's a it's a process that I know if you were to talk to our head of HR, Miranda Nicholson, she and I have been back and forth many times. We both want to see it successful, but we both have ups and downs where we're supporting each other and keeping the process going. So that actually turns out having a partner in crime and, and trying to get this job done and get it implemented has been really important for us because you'll get in and. Uh, it's like mission and vision. If if someone drops those words to you, you hear all kinds of different things about what you think a mission statement is or what a vision should look like. And then there's all kinds of adoption of that. Some people are like, yep, I can, I can build a vision immediately. And some people are like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing ever. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with objectives and key results. I, I, I need to learn some new language and then I need to learn how to uh, how to write an effective objective and how to write an objective or an effective key result. An effective key result needs to be very clear. Likely it has numbers attached to it, timelines, and might say something like, I am going to build 10 pieces of content that produce 100 visits uh, on our website. So it needs to be very specific, but that's just new language you need to learn and, and kind of get implemented. And so I think if you're not willing to keep working through it, and try new things to keep uh, people motivated and excited, you're going to lose real quickly.
0: So back to remote workplaces for a second, because I think it's just so important to keep talking about it because it's on everybody's mind. When I think of the feedback that I've heard right now around leaders having a challenging time embracing remote workforces, the thing that typically comes to the surface, and you know the five whys exercise where you keep going deeper. Well, why? Well, why? It's a trust thing. And so, I'd like to tie in how how OKRs allow leaders to trust, and then really is a is a platform that helps to embrace remote work better.
1: I actually think this is it's a great question because. Um, Nikki, if if you and I agree that your success in our organization is going to be by producing high-quality, great podcasts that drive interaction, drive traffic, drive interest in our product, in our service, whatever, Um, if you know that and you know that at the end of the day, if I deliver those uh, kind of podcasts, I am successful – I actually can transfer a ton of trust to you and a ton of autonomy to get the job done. If you want to get the job done in your basement, if you want to get the job done in your office, if you want to, uh, you know, you can pick just about any topic. It doesn't really even matter. Uh, But we've kind of agreed that here is your success metric. And that by itself is just freeing for both both parties, because I know at the end of the quarter, we can have a conversation and you can say, well, you know, I wasn't able to get to it because I had to go convert to remote working and, uh, or, or let's say we're not at the end of the quarter. We've hopefully had some productive conversations throughout. You you say that a weekend and a weekend, you and I have a conversation and we say, oh, well, um, So, what's going on? And you say, Well, I've got kids at home now, or I've got, um, you know, my internet's bad. And, but we start to work through those challenges and those problems. And we say, Can we upgrade the internet? Can we uh, find some creative ways to get you an hour a day so you can stay focused here? But that produces, that allows your maximum creativity while at the same time I have a, a, a gut check to step in and say, Hey, this is the goal. Can we meet the goal? Are we still heading toward the goal? And so, I think it's a wonderful time in moving to remote teams to remember that we're all really terrible as natural human beings at setting clear and crisp communication and and outcomes that we're looking. We say vague things that we have a lot of assumptions in, but until it gets written down and I say, yep, this is the goal that I think I heard you say, or this is the goal that I think supports the broader kind of initiative... Until we do that, we're not getting anywhere. The moment it's written down, we just have a great uh, you know, piece of work that we can communicate back and forth on. And then it's about just solving all the other challenges around uh, and barriers around getting to that goal.
0: So Chris, you talked about setting a strong foundation and also your success with OKRs and helping you to lead a remote company. Is there anything else that we're missing as far as just important suggestions, whether that's a mindset or just something to consider with a a software, anything that we need to make sure to touch on knowing that so many people are craving information and advice around remote workforce?
1: You know... A couple of things that we've learned about remote working over over the years. One is written communication does actually become one of the best mediums that you have. Uh, Think about, again, an in-person environment where I walk up to somebody's desk and we start to have a conversation. And even if I'm not talking to the three to five other people sitting around, they overhear it. And that uh, you know, it might be a rumor mill of sorts, but it actually turns out to be a positive uh, kind of flow of communication in an organization because then it's easier for the the, the two people who are still left in the room when I walk away. To be like, oh, yeah, I heard what you were thinking about or, or talking about. Here's an idea I have. That just does not happen in a remote world. And so, writing down your communication, writing down your plans, uh, finding ways to post that to public places where everybody knows, okay, this is what's been talked about is really uh, valuable. Because that in person all of a sudden only gets heard by the only people in the room, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say the other thing that we, have learned over time is we really need to embrace video technology as much as possible. We want to continue to create where possible that in-person experience. And so even if you don't come into the office ever, we want you to feel like I know these people, I know the people around me. Uh, and and so what that means is your, your kind of home environment needs to look decent. You need to find ways to, uh, make people feel comfortable when they come into your home basically and know that that's what they're going to see because it's distracting if there's a bunch of random kind of junk behind you Uh, people will look at it and be curious about your habits at home and (laughs) and things like that and so kind of creating that best environment possible I think is key to uh, to keeping the conversation going and and uh, creating just a great environment Mm
0: -hmm. Let's talk about relationships for a minute, and especially in mobile or remote workforces. You know, relationships are crucial to engagement levels at work. And I know I think you're a pretty big fan of that. We've talked about that before. How do you inspire and facilitate relationship building in remote work?
1: I think about relationships. Uh, well, first of all, it's just really important to me. As I, I am a relator on the Strengths Finder, it's always been important to me. Anytime I have worked remotely, and I have for many years of kind of my leadership of Formstack, I have to fill in those relational gaps uh, where I don't physically interact with somebody. And so, uh, we some of the things we do are uh, first of all informal things. So again, in an office, you informally go to lunch, you informally grab coffee together, you informally walk around and talk about something. Well in a remote world, you kind of have to force that you have to set time. And we we have a, our marketing team often used to do a a two o'clock on a Friday, just gather together and, uh, you know, have drinks if you want to have snacks, if you want to, um, talk about trivia, talk about whatever, but just informal kind of banter so that you can keep that uh, going. I know as people have uh, taken a dive into even more remote work over these past couple of weeks, we've seen uh, Mario Kart rooms pop up where you get on zoom and, uh, you know, play Mario Kart with somebody else just to create that kind of fun in person interaction. Because as you know, humor is a huge part of keeping us as humans kind of together, enjoying working together. And so if you're all business all the time, that's going to get draining really, really fast and productivity is going to get, um, you know, challenged. And so that's one thing I'd say in a, in a different world, I'd tell you something we do every year is we get the entire team physically together. That's just an, uh, you know, for those of you who are experiencing remote right now, that's literally the thing you can't do. And so uh, that's something we'll have to learn how to do depending on how long all of this lasts is where you kind of create those in-person physiological connections with people, uh, we're going to be challenged to do that even, you know, at least over the next couple of months. And so I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do yet, but uh, I think having a mindset of, you know, there's another person on the other side of this camera on the other side of this phone and they are every day being drained or filled up in terms of relationship. And so I need to be aware of that. How can I ask questions to understand their health? How can I ask questions to understand, do they have relationships around them that they're kind of getting uh, able to use? And so I think just having it as a mindset is, is a good first step. Mm-hmm.
0: Chris, this was fantastic and just so relevant. We want to just get to know just a little bit more about you, including your podcast. So first question, I know it's always tough, but your favorite book of all time or one that you would recommend to our leader, listener, audience today?
1: Uh, the Hard Thing About Hard Things is a great kind of leadership book that I think is, is especially valuable and kind of, I think, in this environment.
0: Awesome. How about a favorite vacation spot?
1: If I could go to London today, I would, and I look forward to the day that can uh, I can get that done again soon.
0: And how about a favorite hobby when you're not working?
1: Uh, Tennis is is a lot of fun for me. It's a good. It gets my mind completely out of just my day-to-day and, and kind of breaks that pattern of thought that sometimes gets me trapped.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Chris, how can our listeners connect with you after the show? And please share a little bit about your podcast as well.
1: Yeah, I actually think it's a it's a great way to, to stay connected. Um, we have a podcast called Ripple Effect where we're exploring how your work actually uh, helps people down the line be effective in their work uh, where your service, your product is actually helping two three layers down the effectiveness of somebody kind of in their job Uh, you can actually find that at formstack.com forward slash podcast but it's a great way to kind of see what we're thinking about at formstack and, and what we're talking about in the world
0: all right, here's my truth you can act on today. Load it up like I promised in the beginning. Number one, set the foundation. If you don't set the foundation for engaging with your organization early, like in your onboarding process, people will fill those gaps on their own. Number two, don't assume you're in alignment with your team members. Be intentional about communicating goals and objectives so there's no ambiguity or room for miscommunication. Number three, write it down. Write it down. If you don't write down the objectives and key results for your you and your team, you won't have the alignment and the clarity that will allow you to communicate effectively and work towards the goal. Feel free to Google how much more successful or the success rates will look when you do write those goals down, by the way. Such a powerful thing. And number four, embrace video technology as much as possible. When working remotely, recreate the in-person connection and experience as much as you possibly can, really encouraging that video component. And number five, formalize the informal. Take the natural, informal aspects of the in-person work experience, going to lunch, grabbing coffee, friendly banter, and do them on purpose. They won't happen naturally in a remote work environment. So we have to force them, you know, force ourselves to maintain that relational aspect of our work environment. So with that, again, loaded up, awesome episode today. We'll see you next week on Got Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.